Well, hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of O. Jeremiah Talks. We got a fun one today. You know, whenever we do these episodes, I have no idea where they're going to go. Sometimes we, we're like, oh, we should talk about this or we should talk about that. But today we literally just hit record and just said, hey, what do you want to talk about? And it turned into a conversation, like a business meeting on the first half of the episode. Catching up about how we felt like the weekend went, uh, because we actually had a show, uh, and kind of like, hey, what do you think the rest of the year for us looks like musically? Other bands have those kind of meetings with their agents and their labels, and and we don't have any of that stuff. So it's just me and Aaron, uh, a husband and a wife band, just kind of kept checking in, catching up, and planning for the future. And then the back half of the episode is something that maybe you're tired of, maybe you can't get enough of it, uh, maybe you've never even heard of it, but we talked about the Enneagram, which is something so important to me and Aaron because it like changed our marriage in a lot of ways. Uh, Aaron and I, at the beginning, just we, we felt like strangers to each other sometimes. We were so far away from each other's personalities, and then we discovered the Enneagram, and everything changed. So, uh, like I, like I usually say, if you want more stuff like this, we have a Patreon page and it is literally the most helpful way you could support us during this time until we can do shows for real again, man, we got a taste of a show this week and it's just, it's, I miss it already. But until then, if you want more stuff just like this, go to our Patreon page. It's ojeremiahtalks.com or just look us up on Patreon. There's a podcast tier and then there's a music tier. So uh, I hope that's something that interests you. We'll see you over on Patreon. But, okay, that's enough of me talking. Let's let's hear me talking with Aaron, I guess. <laughs> so here we go. Oh, Jeremiah Talks. Let's do it. I wanted to be you talking on the intro. I hope we can all get together. Yeah. We're back. Welcome to the podcast. We are back. We're back. We're so back. We're so tired. Do you want to... I feel like we should start with feelings, Will. Let's just go ahead and throw ourselves into this emotionally. No, I love that you remembered that. Thank you. Yes, you're you're so welcome. I'm I'm very thankful that I remembered too. Here's where I think you're at. Oh, we're starting with me. That was the wheel. No, no, I got it. That was a great impression of a wheel. Thank you. Okay. I think you are... Like 20% jazz from this weekend, 20% tired from this weekend, 20% thinking, uh, you're always 20% thinking about what the rest of your week is going to look like. Like you're always kind of in that headspace. I yeah, feel like. for sure. How so many we're, at 60, is that? we're at 60%. Thank you. Great. You're 20% um, already said tired from the weekend, didn't I? You did. That was your opening okay. feeling. And what what else is your vibe right now? I think you're probably about 10% like a little too hot. Yeah. Why? Because I took my shirt off as soon as we started this. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and apparently today's the last day of warm weather for the foreseeable future. Cause tomorrow, yeah. like the low gets down to like 40 or something. Not going to lie. Whenever I took noodles sprinting a few hours ago, I felt bad because I was like, oh shoot, it's actually kind of hot. Cause it's, it's like in the eighties today. Okay. And the other percentage I'm, I can't really decipher. Can you like tell me where you're at? You have 30. I feel like I have 30% to decide the rest of it. I will say you're doing a great job of, Am I, really? I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel loved. I think that's why we do it. Yeah, I think so too. I, 
I think my other 30%, I can't shake off the fog of the weekend, you there know? There it is. There it is. Yeah, because like, I feel like I'm like underwater a little bit. Like I'm in the shallow end. 30% underwater. I think that's a good... That would have just like... really. I would have been just like perfect at describing you had I guessed that. Yeah, yeah. 30% underwater. Because we... Today was the first day I'd woken up at noon in Babe, we forever. slept in until like 11.30. Yes. We... we I will say, we were we are out of shape in shows. So bad. Okay, so wait. bad. My feelings. Will. Okay, your feelings. Will. Let's go ahead. So I think you are thirty percent mad because you got uh, tricked into buying coffee. Ten percent happy because the coffee was way better than you expected it to be. It's very good. It was very good. They you because we are conditioned. <laughs> you and I both are conditioned to think the worst. Uh, you, Why? I don't know. Yes, yeah, let's uh, let yeah. We can We're definitely go into that. Yes, We're that is something that I'm making a conscious effort of. We say it out loud because you thought the guy was trying to sell you a nitro latte because you didn't think he felt like making anything else because it was on a like a pulley thing. It was a tap. It, it was on tap, and you were very thankful that you got it because you were like, it's so delicious. And you thought he was just being lazy and didn't, you weren't worthy of being made a drink. Well, oh yeah, that's so sad, isn't it? Isn't that sad? Because here's the thing. Yeah, it all come. It all boils down to our own self-worth, right? Is yeah, like of course. What, what we're thinking of in terms of like negativity and stuff or how we per- perceive the world <laughs> is kind of based on how you view yourself for the moment. Right. I think that's a, that's, I'll have to c- sit on that for a little while. But yeah, I think the thing that threw me off is like, I'm pretty, it's not, I can be indecisive at times and especially when deciding what I want to order and I had not decided yet. And so he maybe waited like 10 seconds for me while I was look, scanning over the menu before he was like, have you had this? You should try it. And I was just like, okay, that wasn't like a ton of time, but I also had the power to say no. I, I'm being ridiculous. I was being ridiculous. No, I. but I get that. Like for you you don't want to be rushed rushed for me i don't want to be perceived as someone that is like a bad hang like i wouldn't want to go and be like oh like i had my heart because you went because you thought it was going to be free because they were doing like a giveaway coffee thing and then it had run out and that's okay yeah and then you go to the thing you weren't expecting to spend the money and then you you just felt duped and all these other things yeah because i it's it's fine. It's just like whenever you're expecting free and then you have to pay for it, you're like, and then you just feel like you don't have any dis- decision making in it. It was because the drink that he recommended, though, I have seen a picture of it online because I follow them and it was like, it's awesome. Like, and I, and I kind of figured it would be, but it, I don't know. I guess sometimes I just want to make the decision. Yeah. Um, okay. That, okay so, so that's 40%. 40%. So that's 40%. Uh, I'm pretty like current. With my emotions. What does that mean? Like, that's like a fresh percentage. <laughs> no one's ever been like, how are you feeling? Uh, current. current. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever said that to me before. I felt like offended for some reason. Have you ever like looked outside the window and been like, wow, I'm so aware of that tree? What is happening? I feel like I'm very present is what I'm trying okay, to say. Okay, yeah. Let's say regular things. <laughs> okay, you got 60 left. Go for okay, it. Okay, 60. Uh, I think you're relieved that we're home. And I, I think am. I know. Yep. So I'd say that's like twenty five percent. And then I think the rest of you is entering your favorite mode, which is nesting mode. 
already already went in it. You love it. You love you. If you were a bird, you would have spent all day burrowing. Like you would have like worm Babe. chewed up in your mouth, Ew. feeding your baby. But like this is you just being like taking care of the crib. It's ironic because I'm not a huge fan of birds, but I think in a second life I could have been a bird. Yep. Because of but are my you nesting. even a fan of yourself? You know what I mean? That's exactly. A deep theory here. But babe, I bet there, yeah. But because of my love for nesting, I feel like I could have been a bird. I'm not sure what kind, but my nest would have been the best nest of all the nest. I think so too. Why don't we update everyone? You didn't finish. No, no. I said the rest is nesting. Okay. I did finish. Thank you. Cool. Uh, why don't we update everybody on the state of our music, just kind of like as a whole? Why don't we just do like a little, what if this is episode one of the OJ check-in update extravaganza? That's what we'll call it. It doesn't Something feel, light and It free. doesn't really feel extravagant, so I don't no, know no. where you got that word from. It's, it's all in the marketing. First show back, first and last show of Pandemic, I would probably guess. Uh, Does we, that make you so sad? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely aware that it was a bittersweet thing for me. Yeah. Because the there's one thing that I can't remember who told me this, but one thing that I've been told in music is that if they're paying you and if you and if they're no no, let me go back. Let me mm-hmm, go back. Mm-hmm. One someone once told me that Jack White puts has a ridiculous writer. Okay. Because if they do, it's a um a guacamole rep- recipe that they put on the. Th- he has like a specific he's, guacamole. He's just trying to see who does it the best, right? Or follows the instructions. Yes. But also, I've I've been told, and it may not be Jack White. It may just be like this is just like an overall theory that if they do the weird thing on your rider, that means that they're glad you're here and they want to take care of you, right? Okay. Okay. So it's not just like I demand guacamole. It's are you going to treat me well? Are you going to like care for us while we're here? Like whatever. Okay. And I've, I've felt all that over the weekend. 1000%. I was also really, really stoked at how like when they said this is going to be a quarantine or uh, this is going to be a COVID friendly show, like yeah. a very socially distanced. Yeah. Like a lot of people say that. And it's at a party, and then, like, one person takes off their mask, the next thing you know, no one's wearing a mask, and they're all, like, way closer than six feet kind of thing. it was not that at all. It was not that at all. It was very safe. And I also will say, um, yeah, that I've, I've heard that guacamole story before, and I feel cared for by anyone that hires us to play with anything that they give us for free. I just get, like, so thankful and just like, oh, wow, they really, that's so nice of them, you know. Yeah. And I felt like we were cared for so well. Cared for super well. I felt like we were received super well. Mm -hmm. Like, being able to talk to people after the show, everyone still wearing a mat. It was just, like, it felt like we were all so stoked to be outside listening to music, us included. Yep. And oh, it was it was the perfect weather. The second we got in the car to go home, I was so bummed. I know. You know what someone asked me today? What? I went to go drop off something at a friend's house. And um, she said, okay, would you, knowing what you know now about how well that show went, because they asked about it, I was like, oh, it was awesome. It was like so great. One of our best, like on paper, like that, like, or just in general, it was one of our best shows I think we've ever had. Is yeah. that too steep to say? I would say logistically, like, I don't. Yeah, there's like, I would say elements of it were like 
next level. It's like hard to gauge it in a pandemic, but I feel like that was one of our best. I think that's what's clouding my vision. Yeah. How about we say this? If there was a show to be had in pandemic, that was one. That was best case scenario. That was like best case scenario. Best case, I will say that. That's a really good point. Um, so anyways, but her question was, she was like, knowing what you know now about how well it went for a show during pandemic, she was like, would you go back into that again? Like, would you have had that as your one top show of the season? Or would you have preferred like three to four like medium shows over the course of the next few months? It's a great question. And I said what we had like I like the one winner and then I was like but I think Jeremiah would have said the other no I don't think I would have and I think my reasoning is because do you see why I thought that yeah 100 percent um I need to text them yeah like I I think for me it what there's so many we're promised so many things we're you know like we're sold so many things all the time and for something to be delivered exactly as promised it's just so, it's just so refreshing. Yeah, that was exact. exact Mississippi College, the like they showed out. I would say for that they did a great job hosting us and yeah, following through with their word. That's a really good point. Yeah, and it gave me a lot of hope for the rest of pandemic because they because they executed it so well. It gives me hope that other people are going to catch up. I'm um, not that Mississippi College is necessarily like the standard or whatever, but. They were like, they even told me that uh, you could get fined on campus for not wearing a mask. Yeah. And I wish that, I wish that every campus would institute that it's because a smart idea. it's a, it's a great idea, but it gave me hope because we're at least a year left in, in this garbage. Yeah. And if a small campus like that is taking it so seriously and it, it just gives me hope that like at some point this is going to start to feel a little bit more normal. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be able to figure out how to do shows again. Because right now, we said this so many times driving to the show, I can't picture us getting to do this again for another year. Like, I can't picture that feeling of, oh, we're going to unload our amps, whatever, you know. Like, I just can't picture it because everything else is so upside down. Yeah. That it was so cool to be able to do it and see like, oh, this could really work if everybody takes it this seriously. Yeah. Like every time they go to class, they have to type in, they have this app and they have to put in their symptoms on a phone to make sure that they're good enough to come to class. And I like that kind of stuff. I just, it sounds extreme and it sounds extravagant, but that is just like what it's going to take for us to like get through all this stuff. Yeah. And I was just really impressed with that. And I was honored that they picked us to be the band that they did this with. You know what I mean? So kind. Yeah. Yeah. So that leaves me to where what is the rest of the year for us musically? And I think that show kind of set the bar for a lot of our future. Yeah, I think so too, especially for the next year of if you want us to drive and get out there and play the show, like I need to know that like we're not at risk, that the we, people in the audience aren't at risk. And we're not wasting our time. Yeah. And it's, it's just a, cause it's a, it's an effort. Like we, I, we were so tired. I think we ended up going to bed after our show at like 3 a.m. And we and I was up at 9. Oh, man. That was, yeah, so tired. It was funny because to like today, we got home last night at what, like midnight? I think so. So we got home from the trip. And uh, what's funny is that, yeah, Noodles woke you up to go to the bathroom, but she went back to sleep with us too. Yeah, we were all just fried. And we all woke up at, she's asleep right now. Yeah, it was, it was her first show and she did great. 
Oh, I'm so proud of her. It's so great. She she was Benadryled, but... But I think <laughs> the rest of the year for us looks like starting on a new project, a new record, whatever it whatever it's going to end up fleshing out to be, that we kind of do remotely in so many ways because pandemic has... Which means... Like... What does uh, that look like? So practically it is calling different musicians that we need to play parts that we can't play like you know and getting them to record it and sending us the files exactly yeah so instead of us going into a studio and being like hey cool let's hire some musicians we all meet in the room whatever Mm -hmm. i think that the kind of the next year for us is going to look like working over the inner like making a record over the internet and there's a band called the postal service that uh it's death cab for cuties lead singer ben gibbard he it was like the og they would send each other demos in the mail and they made a record that way and why i i don't know why i guess they lived across the country from each other and they were just like oh let's let's make a record we'll do it that way yeah so they called it the 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 postal service was the name of the band and i kind of feel like is that why they were called that yeah because yeah because they they send each other stuff through the mail oh my goodness yeah that's why they were called the postal service that's Isn't that amazing? That's really cool. It's amazing. So, and I feel like that's kind of what the next year of recording is going to be like for us mm-hmm. because it's going to be so tough to get into a room with musicians and it's actually kind of cool because like everyone's reachable right now because no one's on the road and no one's like playing out or whatever. True. So we can kind of just like build a project in our apartment with what with our what we have. But it's working. Yeah, like so you've gotten yourself like a nice little studio in here. Yeah, and it's all out of necessity. I also just want to point out. Go ahead. Whenever we bought that rose gold mirror table that you are now utilizing. Yep. You thought it was the dumbest table in the world. It is by far the ugliest table I've no, ever seen. No, it is not. I think it it is a, okay, it matches this room because for some reason I only buy pink things now. But it is a. This room is not glaring pink. You realize there's only like three things in here that are pink. I know, but I'm like. I have a guitar. That's these, rose those gold. Pillow. Okay, you're rose gold. Thank you. But the it is a it is a table an end table that is just a big mirror, but a pink mirror. Again, rose gold, and it but it fits your keyboard perfectly, which usually you hold it in your lap and you like snap it and then it goes all over the place. But it looks like it's really working out for you. Um, but all that to say. You have turned our guest bedroom slash studio slash your closet yep. into a really workable space. And I'm really happy for you. I think this is your nesting. This has helped me realize for so long I've wanted to and had the dream to be like a legitimate producer for our music. And it's not just because you have to right now. It's because I think you actually genuinely love it. Is that true? I genuinely love it. Did you always think that you didn't really have the skills to become one? Yes. And it's because I told, I had a lie that I kept telling myself, which is as an Enneagram seven, this is how I, I, where I started to hate the Enneagram is that I read this post that talked about how sevens are naturally good at a lot of things that they don't like specialize in anything and or like master something. Yes. And producing is not something that you can just be okay at. 
and like be at the level that these other producers are on. Cause you know, like we've recorded with like amazing producers. And if I go out there and like half-heartedly do it, you're going to be like, Oh, whatever happened to that band, their records just started to suck. But because you know, that that's your natural bend, that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you have to be that way. Right. And so that just gives you more knowledge of how to like push through those feelings. Right. And so, because I would say that you've learned how to be, a master at a lot of things. That's very sweet of you to say that. You have grilling. Oh my gosh! You're I'm figuring so out how to cook. Oh, I what was I can smash a grilled Voice cheese sandwich lessons. now. Voice lessons. Voice lessons. Thank lessons. you. And scrambled eggs. That took you a while, but you got there. Wow, this sounds so condescending. No, but <laughs> no, no, I know. Do you know, but I what do. I'm saying is that it was not naturally easy for you. I think for me... And then do you remember whenever you made that chicken last week and you were like, babe, I think I'm like a legit cook now. Yeah, I, I was like, babe, I think I'm actually getting good at cooking. And no. I do I do think that, that there is some truth to that in that I would always be able to talk myself out of doing things that are hard because it's easier for me to make an excuse to not pursue something. Mm-hmm. And I would I would come up with a really good excuse and then I'd just back out. I'd be done. And I want... Because I have no excuse not to, I want to lean into the things that I struggle with, the things that I'm not as good as I want to be, and be okay that it's not where I want it to be, but like celebrate the progress of it. Yeah. Like that kept me from doing so much for producing because I would listen to it and I'd be like, wow, this is just not as good as our other stuff. And I think you were like, yeah, those dudes went forever producing to get to that level like you're just getting started you expected yourself to be a pro right off the bat yeah like how i was with piano exactly yeah so i produced my baby jimmy and me in our apartment and it took me forever and your favorite day of the year and your favorite that was i think that was your actual first project wasn't it that was my first project it's a good point and we redid it we redid it we didn't have to but you wanted to i just realized that and it's okay yeah and I, th- I think that we'll release that holiday season. Just it was better. Did you know I'm already listening to Christmas music? God, you're so you're you're crazy, babe. You know what's great? What's it's a jazzy Christmas playlist. I was I went to town on nesting this morning, listening to that because here's the thing: it always feels like Christmas goes by too quickly. So I'm just leaning into it now because I can. Just start now, okay? Just start now. No, I think that's great. Okay, well that's kind of where we're at. I feel like this year. It was so hard to see the good that's come out of it because everything sucks. <laughs> but I'm starting to see like that's not true. No, let's, I know that was. A, yeah. How are you feeling about yourself right now? No, 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 no. no. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I, I was. It that was, was a hard. reference to earlier. Yeah, I know. Okay. It was. It was hard to see the positive this year because it definitely seemed like all the bad stuff kept stacking up. That's and a I, really good point. Yes, and I can't tell you how much I want this election to be over how much I wish that we could stop arguing about everything on the internet. Mm -hmm. And all that's very true. Mm -hmm. And like tomorrow, it's either tonight or tomorrow, there's a debate. We're recording this on Monday. And I just, I feel like it's only going to get worse for the next month and a half. And then it'll start to go back to some sort of normal. Power through? Yes. We're going to have a great Thanksgiving. Yes. And that's why I feel like this, of all the seasons, COVID has given me the space to be bad to get to medium bad and like it, it's like progress that I can lean into because there's nothing else to do anyway. So that's one of the things about COVID that I'm stoked about. Yep. I, I feel something that um, 
this sounds crazy. I guess it's because I love nesting so much. Like, you know, whenever, I guess the average person that doesn't tour like we do, okay? I'm just trying to, like, paint a picture of, like, you go on vacation, and then whenever you're just, like, you're driving home, and you just get that excitement for being in your space again. Yeah. We, besides, like, excluding pandemic life, we used to get that opportunity like 50 or more times a year yeah of the feeling of getting like being home again yeah and i love that feeling it's like it's because you know metaphorically speaking and physically speaking when you are home you are like the most you that there ever is sure because nothing's like attack nothing's coming at you to like change your perception of the world or like it's just you in your most natural state and so it's like such a comforting feeling and then I also think the physical aspect of me loving nesting so much I got that opportunity again this weekend of like having the feeling of coming home again yeah and I'm just like really jazzed by that am I just like in such a good mood right now you see you definitely seem like that that nitro coffee went straight to your brain yeah well I'm in why am I in such a good mood? I think that's great. I think you shouldn't question. I think you should I'm lean into it. I'm feeling good. And we also didn't shame ourselves for eating really fun food this weekend. Holy cow, did we eat. We had some fun food. Mississippi, you you can cook. So Dad good. Dadgummit. They had some awesome movie popcorn at the event. That was a great time. I had a Reese's. Yeah. I haven't had a Reese's in like three years. It was a good time. You... Had some sour straws, which we know I can't have anymore. Well, well oh, uh, I had we had ring pops. One thing I uh, we haven't talked about that I think we should talk about. Uh-oh. You talk at shows now. Uh, that was our show. Yeah, but it's the only show since we've like been doing the podcast. I, this much. I was the first one to talk in the microphone. Yeah, because a roach fell. Hold on a your second. <laughs> yeah, how have we not talked about that, Jeremiah? I was singing for those of you that know us. Just imagine this. I was playing the instrumental section of Backwards Heart, so it's like a real feeler, just very emotional, and all of a sudden I have the thought, is there something crawling on my head? And then... And I knew that there was, because I saw the bug. You saw it. But what could I have done? Hey, hey, babe, let's take a a pause right here. No, I know. Giant roach in your hair. It was giant, wasn't it, It was huge. Because I felt it, and I could feel it crawling. It looked like a pterodactyl. Stop it. It was like super in my hair. It was disgusting. Long legs, I could tell. But I just kept playing the violin solo, and I was like, I I guess I'm just going to swat at it whenever I start singing. And I did. I did not miss a beat. You didn't miss a beat. I did not miss a beat. But it was a cockroach minefield, because we were outside... And you know what's crazy? That should go down in history as like one of my worst shows ever because of the cockroach, because that's one of my greatest fears. But like, it was such a good night that I don't even care that that happened. That's very true. Isn't that shocking? And I talked like crazy. You did talk like crazy. Uh, I think that the podcast... So one of the things that we always get told after shows is that like we want more Aaron. And I want more Aaron. There's plenty of me Saturday. <laughs> there was plenty of Aaron Saturday. But what I like, I think a lot of that comes from the podcast of you... Because people have been like, oh, it's really cool getting to know Aaron on the podcast. Because in this room, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like you're in front of people. It doesn't feel like you're an introvert. It feels like you and I are just having a conversation. Well, I'm not. Yeah. In right. front of people. Right. I am an introvert. But it's like people kind of picked up on that. I think so. We talked about Enneagram and there's like a a couple of girls that came up to the merch table and they're like, oh, we totally guessed that you were a nine. <laughs> and I was like, what about me? What about you? Okay. 
do you want to? <laughs> I feel like that wraps. I feel like that sums it up. I feel it does. I feel like that's a good. We don't. I don't think that we'll release much music for the rest of the year. Except we'll re-release your favorite day. We'll re-release the Christmas song because like we worked hard on it and it it's a good progress report on like where we're at. Babe, didn't we re-record that in like April? Yeah. Cuz we that... thought we we legitimately thought that's it was like, "Oh, cool. After the pandemic's over in April." Isn't we'll... that crazy to think about? It's crazy. So yeah, I don't think we'll be releasing a bunch of music for the rest of the year, but I think that next year we will have We'll come out swinging. I think that's the move. If that's what you need to tell yourself. What does that mean? I don't know. It, you know, like come out swinging. You're like, like my brain doesn't talk like that. How would you say it? We're just going to see what happens. Yeah, I like my way better. I know. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. I've been hesitant to talk about this because, like, I just want to. You take a lot of pride in this thing. Uh, I don't know that I take a lot of pride in it anymore. I do think that there's a point in my life where I super did. But I I think I'm just, like, super aware that um, the Enneagram is not for everyone. Yes. And that's not something that I actually believed at the beginning of learning about it. You thought that either you knew about the Enneagram or you were unwilling to learn. Yeah, and that's just not fair of me. So I don't think I used it correctly at the beginning of learning about it. But anyways, I just want to be very clear at the beginning of uh, talking about this and that we are obviously not experts in this. We are going to focus on the numbers that we identify most with um, as Aaron and Jeremiah. And then um, so if like great resources, uh, if you would like, if you need an introduction to the Enneagram are, let's see. Um, the Enneagram of Belonging podcast is amazing with Suzanne Stabile and her son talking about that. They have some amazing, just informative episodes in that, and she goes so deep into it. Uh, Christopher Hewitt has a book called The Sacred Enneagram that I 10 out of 10 recommend. That's um, probably the headiest one. The headiest one. Very good. Yeah. Also, wait, maybe his book is called The Enneagram of Belonging. Um, I might put some resources in my stories or something just so that people know which ones I love. I think I'm going to do that. That sounds great. I'm going to put some resources in my stories of what I really recommend. But here's here's what I fear happening. Uh, If you don't know about the about the Enneagram and you Google it, that's great. I mean, Google gets you a lot of places. Uh, Don't feel like you have to take a test. I know it's like nice to have a test because it like gives you an answer and it kind of shortcuts a few things, but that's all it is, is it's a shortcut to what could be a lifelong journey of like self-discovery. Yeah. And I just don't support that. So I, I say if, if you really want to deep dive into it, I think you should do just that is that you should deep dive because the concern I have is that the test is not any test that you find. I've even heard like the paid versions are not totally accurate. And there's some like really deep divey test ones. And that's not because the test is is built poorly. It's because as humans, we don't really know ourselves com- 
like really well. Right. I don't think like I I don't think um, you know like I'm gonna give a scenario. Have has someone ever said something to you and you were just all of a sudden just like so <clears throat> triggered by it and your reaction to it was str- so strong that you were just like where in the world did that come from? Right. Uh, if you don't know where that came from, and oftentimes we don't, it's like because it's really kind of hard to put a mirror to ourselves and like know how we actually interact in the world and how we behave and what personalities we have developed over the years because of uh, family structure, because of our schooling experience, because of trauma, grief, etc. There are so many things that you can go through in life that have shaped who you are and how you react to things. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's impossible to ace the test. And whenever I mean ace the test, that means getting an accurate answer for what number you identify most with. Because that sense? Uh, it makes perfect sense to me <clears throat> because I remember taking the test. I tested it as an eight and a four, Okay, which I could not be further from those two things. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that, one, I don't know how well we know ourselves, even with our best at heart. But right. two... I don't know if I'm capable of answering a question honestly where I'm at as opposed to where I wish my answer was. Yes, and I think that I think that's a lot of the fog that you have to get through in to take this test. So instead of doing that, I recommend reading uh what is the The Road <clears throat> Back to You is the, the one the that The Road I, Back to that's You that's the first one I read. That's like the OG for me of like if you just need an explanation of each Enneagram type That'll get you there. The the main type. So because there's so many like subtypes and don't I don't want the the beautiful thing about it is you might think, oh, there's nine numbers, nine different personalities. That means that there's only nine ways of living in this world. That's not true. There's like tons of subtypes that go into it. And there are actually like tons of ways of being a human in this world. This is just helps you kind of like narrow in on what some of your natural tendencies might be. And it also <clears throat> for us, I know, it has given us language and tools for how to talk to each other. For it, how to, I would argue it changed our marriage. Totally. And it's given us the tools for how to be kinder to ourselves and to others. Yep. Because we see that not everyone sees the world the same way that we do. I think it does. <coughs> for me specifically, it does two things of it is very therapeutic. Yeah. In ways when I feel lonely or if I feel like if I'm hurting, it helps put language to those things and yeah. why those specific things hurt me. Like I have a huge problem when people, when my schedule changes, like when I feel like my time's getting taken from me and I like, it helps me understand why that's a pet peeve for me. Yeah. So let's get, get into that. So you identify as a seven. Yeah. Well, I want to say the other thing that I think it does really well. Yeah. It, it, if this if you can imagine this being a good thing, it makes you feel not special in the way that you feel. So that sounds like it's harsh, but you want to feel special every day in your life, except when you're hurting. Mm -hmm. And you want to feel like you're not alone when you're hurting. And that's that, like whenever you're experiencing grief and there's some comfort to the fact that someone else has been through that similar grief. Yes. And the Enneagram does a really amazing (laughs) job putting language to your grief and helping that helping you go deep down into the root of where that started and why that is. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me as a seven, 
it's been really helpful knowing and being able to see the red flags of, oh, dude, you're hurting and you don't even realize it here like Mayday. Do you know what subtype is your strongest? Uh, the se- It's sexual or whatever. One-to-one? One-to-one, yeah. Okay. So that's what does that the, mean for you? Because um, a seven is the uh, enthusiast. I think your official title is like the entertainer as a seven-wing six. I'm a seven-wing six. So I remember whenever I learned that I was a seven, you were convinced I was a seven-wing eight. And the... Well, you can, I think you go back and forth between your wings. I don't think that there's, uh, I don't think that you've, yeah, I don't think you're stuck in one position. I think that you go back and forth. And I think there's times wherever I'm like a straight up six or there's times whenever I'm a straight up nine or whatever, you know, like just because I am more dominant in a seven doesn't mean that I can't have the characteristics of those other things. It doesn't mean you can't have characteristics of any of the numbers, right? I'm still Jeremiah. Like you can't. Enneagram me to the point where I lose my personality and my being. And I think that's where you took offense to it at the beginning because you thought it was doing that. Yeah, because I would legitimately try to guess people's Enneagram so that way I could justify them in my brain. And that yeah. is just toxic and behavior. And really, you, it's just helpful to know other people's Enneagram if, if they want to do that. I would say if you're going to come in contact with them a lot, it's helpful. It's helpful because you can understand maybe where they're coming from or like the motivation of why they're doing something. It's re- it's also, it's really kind whenever, or I've been at the receiving end of someone really knowing me in that way. Yeah. And I've said something that at first they were like, wait, that's a little bit off-putting. And then they're like, oh, wait, no, you said it because of this. And I said, right. Right. And I was like, oh, you like get that because you know Enneagram language. Yes. So a thing about sevens that, um, that are, is like a a characteristic of a seven is if they're really close with you, they will make a joke at your expense thinking you're in on the joke and thinking that it's making like, because I know you so well, I know that I can joke about this Mm -hmm. and it often hurts the person. I legitimately recently uh, hurt the feelings of my friend because I made a joke that uh, he took as I was making fun of him, right? Yeah. And it would be so easy for me to be like, but I'm a seven. I can get away with that. But I think the Enneagram, like, it helps you see things. And what it helps you see, it's up to you with how you deal with it. It doesn't give me permission to make jokes that hurt people's feelings and be like, I did that because I like you. It gives me the permission to be like, hey, I, I'm sorry I made that joke. That was not cool because I yeah. did it because I love you. You're not going to receive this the same way that I would. So I need to step back and realize that your perception of this is different than mine. Yes. Which helps with like, I think the greatest thing it helps with is like assumptions. Yeah. And because I say this a lot, there are way, way less a-holes in the world than we think there are. But there are a ton more people that are just misunderstood. Misunderstood, yeah. 100%. Because I, if I was my friend, I would have been like, wow, I didn't know Jeremiah was the worst. Yeah. Because my joke was the worst. Yeah. But it's just because like, oh, I was in a place where I was so good, I couldn't even feel the fact that he was bummed when I said it. Yeah. And it's just like, if you give me the chance to, if you show me grace, I will, I will definitely apologize. And I was very lucky that he showed me grace in that. Yeah. So as a seven, that is something that I usually do. And I, there are a lot of really great qualities that I love celebrating about a seven. Like I love that I have like high energy. I'm an eternal optimist. I, you know, 
I have a lot of like create creative energy and I'm like fun to talk to at parties. Like I like that yep. kind of stuff. Yep. But I hate reading the the negative qualities about a seven because like I don't want them to be true and they're so true. And another thing, if like if you're trying to figure out what your number is, read the road back to you and the negative qualities of the number that hurt your feelings the most are probably the ones that you are. Well, yeah, people say that a lot, but it's like they don't really say why. And I and it's not like, oh, <laughs> we're so mean to ourselves. I don't think it's that. I, I think it's because whenever your life is going well and things are pretty like peaceful and, you know, not difficult per se. Uh, you're not really reflecting on how you're operating because you don't really have to. So like, I think that in trauma and grief, you're kind of like observing how you're interacting with the world because it's hard. Yeah. And so that's why those negative things might ring true, but that's, yeah, that's, uh, I always feel like that's like a, I, I say that a lot too in like how to identify your number, but I also think, that that's probably a very off-putting if someone's never heard of it yeah <clears throat> so i was watching a dermot kennedy live stream and someone in the in the comments was like oh you should take the enneagram test or something right and he's like oh i've heard about the enneagram i'll just take a test on the live stream so i he's love like, that he did that so he just like pulls open a test did he read all the questions out loud re- he read some of them and then he started like blowing through them uh he i think te- that's really cool uh, he tested as a three and then was like this is kind of BS. <laughs> Which did he was co- identify with it? Uh, he did. And it's fu- it's funny, like, as as he's, like, going through it and the more he's answering questions, I guessed at the beginning that he was a four. And then the more he, like, said stuff, I was like, oh, he's probably a three. And then whenever he said three at the end, I was like, oh, wow, that's cool that, like, there is at least some accuracy to those tests or whatever, but he immediately discounted it. He was just like, yeah, these personality tests, like, I don't know, like, these are dumb. you still have to do the work yourself, which is totally true. Yeah. You can't just like get your answer and then be like, cool. That's how I'm going to operate for the rest of my life. No, it's like, this is definitely, I think it's made to be like a mirror. So you're, it's reflecting back to you how you can just be your truest self. It's like getting through the filter of your number. Yeah. And if that's the Enneagram, if that's the um, the other, what's the other one with INFP and stuff like that? What's that oh, one called? Myers Briggs. Yeah. If that's Myers Briggs or whatever, that as long as you're doing the work, that's that's what's important. It doesn't have to look like the Enneagram, but like if you're doing the inward work of figuring yourself out, only good can come from that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah exactly. I, I totally agree because. Yeah, what was I was gonna say something um, in yeah you're I I identify I haven't said this yet <clears throat> I identify as a nine yes and you said and, that on stage Saturday and ever and there were like three girls that were like me too I knew it <laughs> yeah um, I don't I don't feel like I have the characteristics of a nine all the time. Uh, because that doesn't define me and I can overcome the obstacles that come with being a nine. Sure. And so I, I have a really hard time whenever, uh, if someone doesn't know someone's Enneagram type or if like they don't, you know, they don't even know if they've looked into it and they start to justify what they do because they think they know their number. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know that that's like the healthiest thing to do because it's like, 
you don't know, you, you can't know for sure what someone is or what they identify as or their motivation behind something. You can see how they react to something and maybe it helps you give them grace for like kind of assuming that. And I think that's okay as long as you're not like projecting that onto them. Because it's really hard when people project <clears throat> what they think I'm going to do. Oh, or I hate whenever people do that to me. It's like, they're like, oh, you're like, that would probably be difficult for you because you're a nine, right? Right. I'm like, I, that's not like an awesome thing to say. Right. And I've been super guilty of that. Oh, <laughs> me too. And I'm... Right. <laughs> And I and I want to use it more for empathy as opposed to using it for like accusatory purposes. And I will also say I identified way more as a seven when I first learned about the Enneagram and I thought about it all the time. I would look up other people in uh, music that were also sevens, like the fact that Mick Jagger is supposedly a seven was like huge for me mm-hmm. and all these other things. And then you start to realize you're like, oh, this just doesn't really matter it what matters is what it does for me. This is for me. Yeah. Yeah. This is for me. It, like he Mick Jagger is not Mick Jagger, and like the Rolling Stones were not the Rolling Stones because he was a seven. That's just like helped him figure himself out. Yeah. You know, like you can't. <clears throat> what I I don't like being discounted because I'm a seven. Like oh, you can't feel sadness yeah. because you're a seven. Like and oh, just, Jeremiah's not going to be a part of this conversation because it's sad. Right. And that's exactly. just not fair. And that's just not fair. Right. So if you're if you are trying to do the deep work of figuring yourself out, like especially in this weird time where like I feel like everyone is forty percent sadder than they were in February because like the year has just like turned for the worst. It's a really good way to like start figuring out what you need. I agree with that. And I think that I think that it's like a treat yourself, but in your heart. <laughs> like you That like, was the greatest like you sold that. Yeah, I think that that's... No, like, the way you said it was, like, exactly like the show. Oh, yeah, treat yourself in in a at a soul level. And because, you know, I think that if you need therapy, it's a great thing. But I feel like a lot of therapists now are even pointing to the Enneagram as, like, a daily practice to help, like, figuring out where these motivations are coming from. Or like it can't help, yeah. Yeah, like, when did you start st- struggling with this thing? Like, maybe there's something here we can, like, dig up and, and work on, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's been really helpful for me to understand where you're coming from a lot of the time. Yeah, because I'm because you you can get deep We're, into the weeds of the enneagram. I don't know how true this is, but it feels like you and I are so opposite. Oh, and I knew that. I knew that when I married you. Yeah. I knew that when I met you. I knew because you are introverted, quiet, extremely patient, and you don't have to hurry on anything. Like we make the joke that you dawdle, but it's because you know that there's no need to get bent out of shape. Mm -hmm. I am tightly wound. I'm loud. (laughs) And, uh, I am always late in my mind. But you're not though. Right. That's what I'm saying. In my mind, in my mind, we should have been there 20 minutes ago. That's a really good point. Yeah. You're always late in your mind. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Because I'm the one that actually makes us late. Yes. And at parties, I feel like we make a great team because, like, I am the best wingman for you in conversations. You really are. Like, I swoop in and I'm like, oh, your girl Erin knows all about that. And then I dip out. You build me up really well. Well, it's because I'm, there's no one on earth I think higher of. So, like, uh, obviously I would, you know, build you up well. Yeah. But I think a lot of that opposite 
you know, the opposite attract or whatever is is 100% true. But whenever we found the Enneagram, I think for me, I found, oh, we complement each other way more than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. It's not like we're two, like, strangers try, like being like, wow, that person's an alien to me. It's like, oh, this the reason we work is because, like, you fill all these parts of me that I didn't know that I was lacking or whatever. When I feel like oftentimes I can borrow qualities from you to, like, if I, I can, I can kind of see how you emulate certain characteristics in... I can apply that to my own life. Yeah. If I'm struggling. Yeah. Because I'm always worried about tomorrow. You're always thinking about yesterday and somehow we just kind of meet in the middle, you know, like sometimes. Well, so, yeah, I guess sometimes we do, but yeah, big fan, big fan of the Enneagram. If you take it for what it is and not uh, weaponize it, like Good. yeah, the coffee mug Enneagram culture to me is a little bit dangerous. Like the, that's something that I think is just like really toxic in a lot of ways. But if you look at it as like a, Hey, I need to, I need to figure out why I'm hurting or like why I make the choices I make. And is there like help in that way I could get, I think the Enneagram is a great way to get at least started on it. I think it's a, it's a great addition to your emotional toolbox. Yes. I think that is, it is a, it is another arrow in your quiver. We didn't need another metaphor. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> why did you, what, what sorry, was wrong sorry, with mine? No, no, your, yours was great. Um, <laughs> did but, you just want to say quiver? Yeah. Yeah. I think I just wanted to say quiver if I'm honest with you, but, uh, it, <laughs> it definitely, definitely recommend the Enneagram. Do you feel like we did another cheese on your charcuterie? <laughs> sorry. Another kernel in your popcorn bucket. Stop. Do you, do you feel like we, I feel like we did a decent job. I do want to share. I think what I'll do is whenever we post this podcast, I will share to my Instagram stories all of my favorite resources. How does that feel? I feel like that that sounds good. And this is also like the tip, tip, top of the iceberg of where this could lead you. This is like before you even like start touching water. Like it's, this is like zoomed out and we, we're definitely not experts, but I can only speak for myself and know, and saying that I, the day I learned about the Enneagram, our friends t- uh, introduced it to us at a at a brewery in town, and I didn't think anything of it. And then I took the test, and I started like digging more into it. It was the first time I felt like I got to meet myself on a like a soul yeah. level. It it was the first time I resonate with that, but I also I think more for me, it was the first time I was like, oh my goodness, not everyone else thinks like this, right? Like that blew my mind. It gave me language for how I like dealt with the world. I would say we've already talked about highly sensitive people on here. I think highly sensitive people. I think that discovery was a little bit bigger for me than Enneagram. I think so too. Because it, uh, but Enneagram was really close second in that. Yeah. Because I'm not a highly sensitive person. It was definitely the Enneagram for me because I just, I, I needed language for my shortcomings. Because if you have language and understanding, it doesn't feel like failure. It feels like something you get to grow towards or grow in. Yeah. And the fact that I couldn't finish anything. Yeah. Like that is a characteristic of an unhealthy seven. And like ways to like one of the my favorite aspects. Or that you of, struggle with it. Yeah, that I struggle it's with it. It's not that. necessarily that you can't because you yes. can't overcome that. Right. Thank you for thank you for uh, correcting that. It's, it's one of those things where like, if you are unhealthy and you 
you're seeing these red flags of, oh, I'm not finishing anything. What's going on in myself? And then you do the work and you realize, oh, I'm just insecure about this stuff. I yeah. need to finish this and follow through, which is one of the reasons it took me 30 years to like really decide I want to be a producer. Yeah. And another thing is like, you'll hear people say like, oh my, whenever I'm unhealthy, I do this. And it's like, uh, that has become, I don't really love that language because it's also like, no, it, as humans, we have, we have good and bad in us yeah. because we're human. And a lot of times bad behavior, quote, bad behavior, or maybe like, um, yeah, let's just say that is necessary to just like function in your life because they, the thing about a nine is like, they'll say, Oh, a nine is can sleep. Like they nap off all their troubles. Like they, they metaphorically and physically fall asleep to, conflict and what's going wrong in their life whatever well here's the thing a few weeks ago I was having a rough afternoon and I like was overthinking the mess out of an interaction I had with someone yeah and I laid down on the couch and I fell asleep and it gave my brain a break from overthinking that and I woke up and I wasn't mad at myself and I was like really thankful for the reset because I needed that so like you can say that that's unhealthy behavior but it was necessary for me. Yeah. And I needed that. Yeah. And I'm thankful for, and I, it's also like, you know, nines borrow qualities of a six. And one of the qualities that I find that I travel to the most with in a six is like fear. And the thing is, is like fear is not a bad thing it's all not. the time because it can, it can help make decisions for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so I, I I haven't found the exact language I don't think of how to talk about the unhealthy sides or whatever but um I I know working through it I know for me if you are a se- if you identify dominant in a 7 on the enneagram you got to watch the movie inside out <laughs> yeah. It will oh, that's a good resource yeah It will make you like of all the movies I can think of it is the most if I hear the theme song I'll start crying because it legitimately is a movie built for dominant sevens on the Enneagram. It is a movie that the theme is you have to let sadness in or you can't move on. And that is something that sevens have the tendency to run away from is feeling sadness. And it just, the, the main character in the movie is joy Mm -hmm. and, but like sadness is there to help. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that, that movie, you know, is just so, so powerful. And it's one of, it's a movie that I think is perfect in every way. But I am a huge Pixar fan. But if, you know, that's a place you could start to figure it out. Another, I'll, I'll say this is a, the last resource I'll sleeping give. Sleeping at Last? That's exactly what I was going to say. That's a good introductory. So Sleeping at opinion. Last made an album, one song each of uh, songs based on the Enneagram. Like per, from the perspective, like he deep dove into these numbers. Yes. And wrote so a song from each perspective. Using musicians of each number. So I the one for nine. So the ones have one musicians, the two have two musicians, blah, blah, blah. So every creative decision on that song is based around the char- a characteristic of that type. Yes. And then he has a podcast where he and Chris Hewart's go I don't know deep. if I'm saying his name right I don't either Chris if you ever hear note. this sorry so about sorry it. uh and they it is legitimately the closest you can get to free therapy mm-hmm. I cried I think four times listening to the seven podcast because I felt so seen 
And like, I pictured those two dudes sitting down and talking and being like, are we going to tell Jeremiah? Are you going to tell him or am I going to tell him? Mm -hmm. Like it felt so right inside, like an arrow through my heart in so many ways. (laughs) Okay. So uh, I know what I'm super into. Quiver. Yes, quiver. Sorry. I know what I'm super into this week. I would like you to have the... Yeah. I don't know that I've talked about this podcast yet. The Brooke Castillo podcast, The Life Coach. Oh, you love her. Whew. My favorite ones, she has great episodes with guests, but if you ever just just go through the, I think it's called The Life Coach School with Brooke Castillo. Okay. And she has guests on, which are cool episodes, but my favorites are the ones where she does like a 20 minute thing on fear, or she'll do a 20 minute session on uh, like, my favorite episode recently was, I listened, I, I listened back to older ones, but like good and bad and like the whole theory of how as humans we're good and bad and if you can get an understanding of how that's how the world is is good and bad and you're not just like expecting things to go a certain way then it's just like a healthier perspective for life and um she she has a way of speaking that's like her voice is very calming but also you've heard some of it right like it's just it's very affirmative and it's just it's um really she talks about body image she talks about uh conflict like just it, any anything it's the life coach school with Brooke Castillo and I love that podcast right now yeah we're definitely on a season of doing inner work right now I would say because I've been yeah it kind of feels like it and I think that that there's never a bad time to do that but I think for me whenever I feel like this sense of longing or sadness or something it's because I'm like I'm like definitely ignoring myself and like my own needs. But yeah. So yeah, I, I recommend that too. So the thing that I'm super into is we are huge fans of the podcast, Armchair Expert. I think that's a lot of the reason why we started this one because it is just great conversations and great questions. I love good questions. I think that that is some, uh, such a powerful thing that we don't give enough credit to is just asking and good they questions. Are, he and Monica are very good at that. Very good question askers. And uh, he has a new episode called Seven Days on his podcast. And I don't want to, I don't, I want him to speak for himself because like, I don't, I don't have the same, um, struggles that he has. And I think he does a really great job explaining himself. But if you, if you know someone that has struggled with addiction, maybe yourself struggles with addiction, it is an amazing, triumphant, hard listen that helps you see that it's more than just, Hey dude, quit drinking. Like it, it shows the, the everyday struggle of someone that struggles with addiction. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know Dak Shepard, but I listen to his podcast so much. I feel like he is my friend Yeah, and I feel like I'm proud for my friend after he released it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, it's an incredibly, and I feel like this word is kind of overused lately, but it's an incredibly vulnerable episode. Extremely. And... Yeah, I, I all I can say is like eleven out of ten recommended. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know how else to there's there's you can't really put words to um to it. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's it's yeah. extremely extremely powerful, yeah. and it it took courage to do it. Girl, I love you. This ended up being like a okay. very this ended up being a very. I'm um, not, I'm like so happy today. I know, and I love that. About do you want to go place an order on Thrive? Okay, together with let's me. Let's do it. Are we getting the pork rinds? Can we? Ew. Can we get sponsored? <laughs> Probably not. Okay. Okay. Love you.